0: Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 19th of May, 2021. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com or on a number of podcast websites including Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and more. Well, today is a big day for China, big space day for China. Right now I'm watching the live feed of the uh, anticipated launch of the Chinese cargo ship That's going to be going up to China's, uh, space station, the new space station. It's their third space station. Um, and this one will be the biggest space station they've had so far. So what their live feed is, it's almost like a party. It looks like people are on the beach or, or something in, in the fields and camped out there and they're waiting for the launch. Uh, they're, they're providing this live and a lot of commentary going on, a lot of animation showing what's going to be happening with the launch and and how it's going to dock. The cargo ship will dock with the uh, Chinese space station and how the uh, crew capsules will be docking with the Chinese space station and the activity that's going to be happening up there. It's all live right now. I've got a feed on my Twitter uh, account. It's twitter.com slash spacegabpodcast. Uh Probably by the time you hear this podcast, it may be over, but you can probably watch the replay. That's why I'm watching it now on one of my other screens. But uh, that's what's going on. So they're going to launch that cargo ship, first phase. The other night, I actually saw the Chinese space station orbit above California here, and I shared that also, uh, some blurry <laughs> photos on my Twitter feed along with a few of the International Space Station, that I captured some video also. But I was surprised the space station, the Chinese space station, was uh, pretty darn bright that evening, and uh, easy to spot, easy to watch and follow the entire uh, orbit uh, over the state of California here. But um, something else today happened, uh, pretty big news for China. The Chinese Mars rover, which made it successfully to the planet's surface, shared the first pictures from the surface of Mars today. So that, those pictures are also on my uh, Twitter feed, and you can go check that out at twitter.com slash podcast as I said. But pretty clear pictures. A lot of people were talking about, you know, hey, if we see no pictures, it didn't happen. You know, a lot of people touting, hey, we're the only ones that can land a successful rover mission on on Mars. Well, guess what? We're not. China now has a Rover on Mars uh, is sharing photographs of the surface with the ro- a rover there in the pictures. And uh, soon, they said that soon it will be rolling off. The rover will be rolling off the landing craft that uh, made it to the surface of Mars. And that will be shared. So a lot of people were worried that the Chinese uh, space agency and Chinese media wasn't going to share as much information as they did uh what they as they did with their space stations their first two space stations but i'm sure with the space stations they're going to share as they are sharing this morning and with the rover i'm sure they will be sharing uh this successful landing on mars as i said china is a major player in the space business and the united states is finally waking up to that fact although i think they knew about it all along they just were not uh Talking about it as much. And then finally the space force commander came out and says, well, you know, China, we're watching this and China's doing this and darn right. They knew, they knew it. Uh, you heard it on the space gab podcast a lot about the other countries, uh, really stepping up their game, their space game and they are, uh, the United States also is, uh, with a number of ventures and I'm going to be talking about some of those today. But uh, everybody, space seems to be the place, Has always been. But now it's really ramping up. Space is really ramping up. The commercial side of space, the military side of space, um, NASA with their SLS and uh, Artemis pro- project, and, and just everybody's going. But China has made it to Mars. They've got a rover there. Today they're launching a cargo ship to go, go to their space station. So uh, lots of stuff in space going on. An exciting time to be alive in space. It's almost like uh, I, as I mentioned before, I've been alive for pretty much the entire start of the space program uh, for all all countries. To, to you know, the, with the start of the Sputnik one, I was alive. I, I was very young, but I was alive. I was alive through Mercury. Gemini, Apollo, the space stations, the shuttle, all that, now I'm alive for all this, and, and it's, it's exciting, it's very exciting. And a lot of people, a lot of people that are getting uh, into the space industry coverage on the, the social media, you know, a lot of them, this is, this SpaceX stuff, it's exciting for them, because they weren't alive <laughs> during Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, you know, they, they got to see the history in, uh, Via videos and read about it and all that. but I got to live it. I actually got to see the moon landing live and things like this. And uh, I actually saw uh, the Sputnik, uh, the second Sputnik going over as we stood in our backyard watching Sputnik orbit. Heard it on the radio, you know, the little beeping of Sputnik and got to witness all that. But the people nowadays are, they're, they're excited about all this new space race, this new space industry. Not being alive, as I said, during the previous space race that was going on, so people are getting excited. Uh, a lot of people, I you know see the people right now live on the Chinese TV uh, station, you know celebrating and waiting for the launch of their cargo ship. People are getting getting on board of this stuff, and Americans are starting to get on board also. Uh, the new generations are getting on board with uh, being excited about space, which is a good thing because, as always. Space is the place. There was an article that just kind of broke uh, yesterday. It says, South Korea is in last-minute negotiations with the United States to join NASA's Artemis program. A news outlet reported May 18th, citing government sources. So, South Korea getting on board also to uh, partner possibly with the United States with NASA's Artemis program. We'll get more on that, I'm sure, uh, in the next week. Here's another space launch startup. Avram on May 18th said that its Raven X unmanned aircraft will be used to both deliver cargo and launch rockets. Pending approval from the federal company on May 4th received a patent for an adaptive autonomous aircraft system with modular payload systems. A technology that would allow Raven X to be converted from a space launcher to a cargo delivery aircraft and vice versa. That'll be a interesting one to watch. Seems that a lot of companies are uh, trying to get into this aircraft mode to actually launch rockets because what you're doing, you're eliminating a first stage basically in a rocket that a rocket needs a uh, first stage to get the rest of the payload and the rest of the stages up uh, into the, you know, through the atmosphere. And without this first stage needed, uh, an aircraft can go high enough where you can use less fuel on the rocket itself and be able to get the uh, payload into orbit easier, probably cheaper. So these companies are uh, hoping that uh, providers of satellites and things will be wanting to get a cheaper way to get their cargo or their payloads into orbit. So uh, here's another company gonna get on this bandwagon. We'll wait and see what happens on this venture. Looks like they're gonna be having a mega satellite manufacturing facility in Denver. Webb says York Space Systems announced plans Tuesday to establish a mega manufacturing facility in Denver to quadruple the number of small satellites in production at once. You want to go check out the rest of that article? Go to my Twitter feed and check out that link. Well Rocket Lab attempted to launch their Electron rocket uh, with a couple of satellites as the payload and all was going well. First stage uh, worked and uh, they had main engine cut off of that stage and then went for separation as the live feed was showing and the second stage attempted to ignite. You could see it attempting to ignite, but then nothing. It, st- it, w- it went dim. Uh, no more flames, no nothing. And uh, then we found out that the uh, rocket lab electron rocket second stage had not completed and sent its payloads to orbit. Well, now they're saying that a computer detected a problem with that second stage and shut it down. Uh, but the owner of uh, Rocket Lab sent out a tweet saying, um, silver lining, <laughs> where he showed his first stage, did parachute successfully back down and was being carried back uh, in their ship. Silver lining were the words he chose to use, but I don't think it was much of a silver lining for the payload uh, owners. The satellites that were lost, they never made it to orbit because of the Rocket Lab Electron Rocket second stage being shut down by the computer when it detected a problem. But silver lining, the first stage, they got it back to be used again. Uh, don't know what's going to be happening with the paybacks, uh, if there's insurance involved with uh, the loss of the satellites or how that works. But I'm sure there's some articles on that uh, talking about it. But... Uh, there was a failed attempt at a launch with the latest Rocket Lab Electron rocket. And you could clearly see in their video the Stage 2 shutting down and going dark. And pretty much their feed went dark at the same time. Uh Data blackout, basically. They don't want to talk about things like that, you know. Silver lining! The first stage made it back, though. We'll see what happens with if there's a silver lining for the next payload operators, the owners of the next satellites that Rocket Lab attempts to send up, if it will be a silver lining for them with a successful orbit. And I'm sure they're going to be checking into this problem that was detected on their second stage, that the computers shut down, find out what happened, and we probably will hear some of it, but maybe not all of it. We'll just wait and see. Yesterday, the United Launch Alliance, ULA, successfully launched with an Atlas V rocket, a SIBRS satellite payload, space-based infrared satellites. It's a surveillance satellite uh, for the military, and that payload uh, was successfully put into orbit. That was their second attempt. The previous day they attempted, um, but they had some kind of issues, and so they waited one day, but the SIBRS uh, payload is now in orbit, uh, and there is more. On that actual payload, I have a link uh, with Space Flight Now uh, story. You can go check it out on my Twitter feed, twitter.com slash podcast. Check on that, and you can read much more about that uh, $1 billion satellite that's used to support the U.S. military's missile defense system. Uh Check that one out. It's kind of interesting, an interesting read. Well, I guess a former... Space Force commander. He was a Space Force commander before he said what he said and wrote what he wrote. But he was a Space Force commander until he wrote this book. And he came on air on some podcasts, I guess. And after the podcast, now he's on a lot of the different stories, on a lot of the media shows. I saw him on Fox News, and he was basically saying that the government was uh given videos that said that... Um, the country was inherently evil, uh, that the United States was formed before 1776, and that um, we are inherently a very evil people, that uh, whites are inherently evil. And he said that this video, they were forced, all um, service people are forced to watch this video, is what he was saying. So, uh, they're saying no. Fox said that they went and looked at, uh, the video and none of that was mentioned in there. But, you know, and I don't know which video he saw or if others saw it or whatever, but all I know is he, he spoke up and now he's not a Space Force commander anymore. So, and he does have a book, uh, that he talks about, uh, this This type of things that's going on in the government, I guess, and I guess the the day after he did his podcast and was featured on some of the news stations uh his book uh became uh out of print. people were buying it that it was temporarily unavailable they ran out of copies so um I don't know what what's happened with this, but all I know is. The Space Force Commander is no longer, uh, the Space Force Commander. You can go check that link out on the Twitter feed too if you want to read more about that and, uh, information about what's coming out about his, his claims and all that. Well, I saw another article on actually NASA SLS tweeted this out. Uh, by placing radio telescopes and wire mesh dishes inside craters on the far side of the moon, researchers could conduct unprecedented studies to peer into the makings of the early universe. And I talked about this on a previous podcast. I talked about the space uh, radio telescopes on the moon and all this on the far side. And there's a whole bunch of craters on that uh, far side of the moon to choose from. Well, those craters were made by uh, meteorites, meteors smashing into the moon. And it still happens, you know, today. And so my question was, and I'm sure others were um, if we're going to put big old wire mesh dishes inside craters uh, on on the far side of the moon, what are the chances of those wire mesh dish radio telescopes being smashed to smithereens again by uh, impacts being uh, hit on, you know, the, the hits on the moon? So that's something, you know, what we, I mean, we've got to get up there first. Uh, there's some some questions still. Uh, are we ever going to be able to make it back to the moon for for different reasons? I've seen a lot of political analysts and people that uh, space slash political analysts, reporters talking about this. Is it is it possible, even possible still with everything the way it's going, that we're actually going to have a moon landing once again with humans? So if it if it does happen, this is another thing. Are, are we going to build giant dishes on the far side of the moon uh, to put in radio telescopes. Kind of interesting. Lots of pros and cons for all this kind of stuff. We'll just have to, as I say always, wait and see. Well, it happened again. UFO slash UAP story. Remember the thing that's been going on and on and on? Something that happened over a decade ago. And these that entertainment uh, company... Grabbed onto it and they hired all these people just to make it look all legit and everything else. And then they pushed it out there. They got a t- television series that pushed it out there. Then they went and I guess they're doing books. And these people that they did hire to uh, make it legit-sounding and legit-looking, they all are splitting away from this company now and going their own separate ways. And now I hear some of them have lawyers because some things are going on behind the scenes. Well, guess who resurrected this once again and fed it to the people out there? Uh, and more fools were able to be fooled by this foolish stuff. Well, it was 60 minutes, 60 minutes put it out there, the same stuff that's been regurgitated over and over and over again and they put it out there and now people are saying, oh did you see the stories on the UAPs, UFOs oh it's wonderful now the government's telling us it's real, no they're not, they're not telling you anything like that people like uh, the Twitter feeds that you should watch are the ones that are the ones who are really looking into this big time, like the Black Vault. The Black Vault is looking into this and has talked to you about this, and they've said uh, the Pentagon was contacted this morning to see if 60 Minutes received additional confirmation of any of those leaked visuals were ever labeled unidentified as reported. There were no additional statements giving to sixty minutes other than what we already knew. Sixty minutes is out there saying all this other opposite stuff. They're saying we were told this and we were told this apparently in this I didn't even watch this the sixty minute report because I'm not going to watch it because I know how this is going to end. But those who know the truth and they're looking at the facts, they know better. But those who just want to continue to throw this kind of story out there and ruin it for those who really want to believe. You know, these people. a lot of these people are doing it for their own gratification, these stories. They're pushing these stories. And somehow they're getting these news organizations to share this stuff because I guess it looks newsworthy. It's something exciting. It's something that people will watch. So 60 Minutes did it. The next day, the next day after the 60-minute report, the Today Show is out there. Hey, look at this, and they're using the 60-minute video and their interviews. It's the same darn interviews that were given before, the same stuff that has been torn apart by many people with actual facts. You know, this is just continuing. Um, I've read numerous books in the past and numerous books in the present, a lot of the UFO books that are coming out now talk about some of the stuff that was talked about in the past and a lot of the made-up stuff in the past. These new books aren't buying this kind of stuff anymore. It's just not happening. So these UFO stories with the UAPs, the Navy footage and all that, it's just getting regurgitated, basically. That's all that's being done. Regurgitated some good data... But apparently, mostly bad data. And like I said, there's more and more coming out every day. The people involved in this that were uh, previous government employees are now reported to be getting lawyers for some reason. What's that about? What's going on behind the scenes? I'm sure people uh, like the person that runs the Black Vault will be telling us. A lot of the other people... That have written books Sarah Sarah Scholes, for instance, she had a wonderful book. she knows the truth, she knows the truth, as so many do. I used to be so big, I was so excited about this u s UFO phenomenon in the past uh in the in the early 2000s. I made my trips to Roswell, I did this and that, and then I see all this stuff that's going on after that. A lot of this stuff is made up, and uh they'll they'll use certain words. To make it more appealing, more exciting, when that's not actually what they were given this information for, these videos for, or how they obtain these videos. But it's all about entertainment nowadays, unfortunately, and they've ruined it for the real researchers. It's it's really really sad. I will never buy an, uh, a newer UFO book. Sarah Scholes was the last UFO book I will ever buy of the newer books. Uh, her book was excellent and uh, just go to her twitter feed uh and check out you know her her information she's she she's she speaks the truth she's a true investigator so um that's all I'm going to say about that i do have a bunch of old ufo books that i i may still read some of those older ones where there was still a little bit of a credibility involved but no nothing new all this new stuff all these new tv shows about ufos and all that i just can't do it i just can't do it. Cosmos. Now, the movie Cosmos, that was cool. That, that's a sci-fi movie, but it had a a good twist as far as the UFO theme. So, if you haven't seen Cosmos 2019, the sci-fi movie Cosmos, go check that out because it was cool. It was about astronomers, radio astronomers, and uh it, it's just a cool movie. So, go check that out. Even though, you know, it, it's cool too. My, my podcast, yes my podcast is featured in the very beginning of the movie, but that's not why you should see it. You should see it because it's a very fun movie. If you've seen the movie Contact, this is kinda of like the movie Contact, but, but, uh, with a modern twist, a modern twist, uh, and it could happen. Something like that actually could happen. Who wants to be an astronaut? Well, that's, I'm not asking the question why, I'm just kind of reading Something I just saw on the internet today. Discovery on Tuesday announced a competitive adventure TV show called Who Wants to Be an Astronaut that will launch the winning contestant to the International Space Station. The eight-part series is scheduled to take place in 2022 with the winner expected to get a seat on Axiom Space's X2, AX2 mission and spend eight days on board the ISS. Axiom is currently working towards its AX-1 mission, scheduled for January 2022, which will launch a fully private crew using a SpaceX rocket and capsule. It says, This is an incredibly exciting time for space storytelling that gives us an opportunity to see the Earth from a vantage point few have ever experienced. Discovery Science Channel Executive Vice President Scott Lewers said in a news release, It is truly the next frontier for those who not only dream of traveling into space, but are also curious about the mysteries of the universe. We are looking forward to taking our audience on this unprecedented journey. (laughs) But Discovery Channel show... It's going to be open to the public with an online application asking for a one-minute video and answers to questions including why you deserve a chance to travel to space, what it would mean to you, and why you want to participate. It says here the TV show itself will be grueling with a series of extreme challenges that Discovery says are designed to test contestants on the attributes of real astronauts need most, and as they undergo the training necessary to qualify for space and life on board the space station. A panel of expert judges, yet to be named, will pick one lucky candidate to then fly to space. Hmm, the question is, who wants to be an astronaut? And that's it. Until next time. Okay, i